the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. Well, 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 look who's back. John Anthony. I've been away for two weeks, and I felt like I've been silent for too long. And I got a lot to say. That's one of the reasons why I reached out to my good friend, my buddy, Verlon Galloway, because I know he can bring the heat. Verlon, welcome to Black and Right on AM560. Hello, everybody. And, and John, I want to tell you, thank you for having me back. And I love the nickname that you gave me on Dan and Amy's show. Which one I get? Troublemaker. Oh, the trouble. All right, you got to put the moniker up there. Verlon, the troublemaker Galloway. That's right. <laughs> That's a very good term for you. But it, you know why I gave it to you, right? Yeah. You go into the lion's den every Saturday. I'm not going to say where, but you go into the lion's den with the progressives and you tangle it up with them. Yes, I do. I'm not going to let them off the hook, John. I mean, what we, is it like, how, do, do they like really come after you when you go over there? Yes, they do. The callers, the host, uh, you know, they're, they're good people at heart. They mean well, but their logic is skewed. Well, you guess what? Look, look, if you look on the t- on the screen there, what does it say there? The troublemaker. Oh yeah, <laughs> love it. So you 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 ready, man? So I mean, you know, it's so much we got to talk about. Verlon, I mean, for first of all, let me let me let me say this. So I I went on, I went on a uh, family vacation. Me and my family, we have not been on a vacation in like seven eight years, right? I we went through Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Kentucky. God's country. And I, I'm sitting on the beach for the first time. I went to the beach for the first time since me and my wife got married. I hate the beach because it's hot. I hate the heat. I don't like to be out in the heat and the hot and the sun beating down on me. I hate it. I went on the beach and I laid out and I said to myself, why am I still in Illinois? For long? Mm. Why are we still here? What made you think that? Because I, I, I because I felt total peace and relaxation for the first time in like seven, eight years. Mm. And I looked around, I looked at all these people all over on the beach, and I thought about where Illinois is standing, what some of the decisions that our leaders have made, and I said to myself, why am I still here? Why are we here? Well, I don't know about that we stuff. I left seven years ago. You're still here, though, in oh, Illinois. Well, I work in Illinois. It pays better than Indiana, I have to admit <laughs> that. But I love Indiana. I love the people are wholesome. They're great. They're the salt of the earth. And uh, it's freedom. You can smell freedom in the air in Indiana. Oh, uh-oh. Guess what? Guess, who, guess, guess who's on the line real quick? Who? Who did you say was going to call? Michael O'Connor. Michael O'Connor. Oh, welcome to Black no. and Right. Now, Michael, welcome to Black and Right. Hi. Um, how, well, first of all, I want to say good afternoon. John yes. Anthony. That's me, sir. Actually, I remember I you. Yeah, I yeah, I uh I wanna first thank you for helping 
the ex-offender community, specifically as it concerns second chance legislation in yes. your one term. Yes, two I also terms. want to thank you for dealing with the, uh, well, I'm just talking about the term that you helped us in terms of the, the legislation. Yes, sir. Specifically as it concerns the red ribbon cash is the only independent revenue and can't. Uh, uh, revenue enhancer of its kind in the nation. Yeah. That's not a part of the appropriations to deal with HIV here in the state of Illinois. Yep. Uh, I wanted to reach out and say hey to my good buddy, Valon. I know that y'all are talking about subjects that are interesting in terms of uh, what's going on today, and though I may disagree with some of them, yes, I just want to remind you to that God, that Jesus' greatest commandment was to love thy neighbor as thyself. And as such, you know, my first boyfriend, I stayed at uh, at St. Joseph's Hall over there at St. Benedictine, where you went to college at, yes. John. Yes. And I literally learned from, uh, not from that experience, but also from the experiences that we deal with, that equal protection under the law, for people like myself is a good thing. Yes. And that's separate from state. It's outside of the Illinois Family Institute, who I deem as a health as a health risk as well as a hate group. Michael, hold on. Now have you ever sat down and, and had a conversation with David? I know David personally. I'm I'm I, I think I Yes, think, I, I have. Are you kidding? Yeah. I've lied. Look, I've been to Springfield many a day yeah. to stand on the opposite I'm, I'm not going to say he's a hate guy. where they're standing at. I, I will not call David somebody who has who has his heart filled with hate. I've had many, many conversations. No, I haven't said that. I haven't said that. I talked group. about the Illinois. I talked about the, the Illinois Family Institute. I don't want to personalize it. I want to talk about what that group stands for. That group does not stand for okay. equal protection under the law. It deals with basically saying that I don't have a right as a citizen to be right. married like anybody else within those religious entities uh, that will marry me. And Christians, okay. those, you know, all Christianity is a, a broad term, but the Bible is what people deal with in terms of it is it, it being uh, uh, their canon, right. their canon of faith. All right, and, Mike, Michael, guess what? God, guess what? And Jesus' greatest commandment was Michael, to love hold on. Hey, 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 it's self. not your station now. Hold on. It's my show. You I know. Hold on. So stop. Time out. Time out. That's your opinion. David has an opinion. And I think, I think, well, I, I think, thank I think, you, but I don't want to, I don't want right. to say it's David because it's not David. All right. Well, I'm talking about Thanks for calling, Michael. I mean, I mean, you're calling into my show telling me that you, you can't separate David from his organization. I, I know some people think you can separate it, but but to, to call here, I don't think fa- the, the Family Institute is a hate group. I don't. I, I don't agree with everything that they do or everything that they put out, but I still don't think. And, and, and I, I know David. I've known David even before I went to the General Assembly, and I just, I just can't let somebody, you know, demonize that organization. Listen, they've had a lot of battles with the gay marriage, with the civil unions, with the abortion. What's, what say you? Hey, <clears throat> uh, this is a trick bag for me because I don't know him. I don't know the organization. I wasn't familiar with. But you know the issues. I do know the issues, but I wasn't familiar with, with who you all were talking about. So I was just listening to, before I could form an opinion. Now, I, I, I hear what he's saying from a, from a personal standpoint, but, you know, I, I believe in the freedom of religion. Yeah. You know? 
I believe in freedom of religion. Yeah. That's why I'm glad the president did what he did. And I know there are elements within Illinois within that, that want to make them put them on the hate crime list. And I, I this just just not. Well, I go strictly by the Constitution, freedom right. of religion and, and freedom of Constitution, freedom of uh, uh, the speech. I just believe in freedom, period. Yeah, there's no tolerance anymore. Toler- no, there's to- no tolerance. There's, this, there's only tolerance that the left has for their own issues, but they don't have tolerance for others that don't agree with what yeah. they believe in. But, you know, hey, look, so I, I, I was, on, I was on, on, on social social media, and I heard this guy come, this, this guy come on um, somehow. I don't know if he sponsored an ad or whatever it was, but he called himself the cranky conservative. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> so, like somebody after my own heart. So, so he's a contributing writer at Our Weekly. He's, uh, he has a book. Listen to the book. I, I don't think I can say one part of this. He, it, it says, from, you can find it on Amazon. Listen to the book. Coon Flakes Musings Uppity Negro. Corey Haywood, welcome to Black and Right. The Cranky Conservative. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. You know, brother, let me tell you something. I saw that you had you were friends with um, Charles Love. Charles Love used to be uh, the, the the former host uh, co-host of this show, and I saw that you guys were friends. I was like, oh, I, I said, I got to get this guy on the show because I know he's going to bring the heat. He's going to bring the fire. I, I, I just want to play something. Uh, <laughs> I want to play. I want to play a clip from one of your videos. I, I just couldn't stop laughing. Here we go. They are masquerading as protesters, but what they really are, they're terrorists. They're thugs. They're criminals. They're out here breaking the law and victimizing people, innocent people in whole communities. That's what they're doing. They need to be dealt with like criminals because they're not obeying the law. They are lawless. All I'm seeing is bedlam and chaos from these So I want to see more police brutality. How about that? I want to see more police violence. I want to see more aggression. I want to see cops out here in these streets breaking necks and putting boots to asses to get these off the streets. That's what I want to see. In fact, if I were a cop, you give me a badge and a gun, and I'm setting off. Corey Haywood, the cranky conservative. You sounded very cranky in that video. Do tell. <laughs> wow. Well, that's why I did introduction. Huh? <laughs> so, so um, here, here's, here, here's my thing. You know, if I'm being honest, I, I've, as a black man, I've had more than one negative encounter with um, police officers. So I'm not going to sit here and say that black men aren't often the victims of police misconduct, right, of racial discrimination. I'm not going to say that. Right. However, when I look at these protests and these riots, it, it bothers me because I know that as a people, yeah, when the outside world looks at footage of these riots, they're going to lump all black men into the same category. Yep, I know that. And, and you made that point in there. Hey, Corey, ho- hold the line. We're going to come back from break, and we're going to we're going to have more with Corey okay. Haywood, the cranky conservative. Guys, you got to go okay. to his YouTube channel. He has some amazing content on his YouTube channel. You listen to Black and Right on AM five sixty Answer. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, sitting alongside my guest co-host today, Verlon the Troublemaker Galloway. That's right. You're welcome back, brother. Well, thank you. So before the break, we were talking to the cranky conservative, Corey Haywood. I'm telling you, um, if you listen, if you go to his YouTube channel, if you, I mean, the guy really makes a lot of sense. Um 
and, and he says it in words. He's cranky. He, he's telling. I'm the cranky conservative. I'm sick and tired of our people suffering. And and nope. And and, and we, you know all these. How do you say it? These 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 symbolism over substance type things. Corey, welcome back to Back and Right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, I I I, I, want, I had to play that part because I had to make people let people understand what what you were really trying to say. You weren't saying that you want to see cops just go up to average normal random people. You were talking about these mobsters, these these people, these thugs, these punks that are out there slapping cops, beating up on cops. Um, go ahead and, and finish explaining yourself. Not only cops, man, but innocent people. There's a thing called the knockout game in our community where we just yeah. walk up to random innocent people and throw punches. And the objective is to knock these people out cold. That's ridiculous. So, again, I'm urging cops to go out there and whoop some ass. It's simple. Okay, now, I may sound insensitive. I may seem like I'm a coon nope. and Uncle Tom, whatever you will. But the point is, we can allow this foolishness to continue. The lawlessness must stop. And I think police have to step up and do what Amen. they have to do. Well, let's not let's not sugarcoat it. Let's not sugarcoat it. When we I'm talk about, sugar, you know, well, no, no, I know, I know you're not, but I'm talking about when you're talking about the knockout game. These were young black men knocking out Jews, and yeah, that's right, they were knocking out Jews. They knew who they were knocking out, not just random white people. They were knocking out Jews for a specific reason. You know, they think Jews got all the money. Jews are keeping us down, and and they get special treatment, and we're deprived, and we're you know, and we're we're not getting the resources that we need. <laughs> Tired of the mentality, man. Look, yeah. let me tell you something right now. You have people coming from all over the world, and somehow they come here, right? They started life, they start families here, they build communities here, they thrive here. Some of them come from third world countries, can't speak a lick of English, and come here. So we are born here with all of the opportunity in the world, and yet we still, for some reason, tend to complain about what we're not getting, right? What we're old. Look, man, if you're black, if you're American, if you're living in this country, stop complaining. Do the work, and you'll be successful. If you don't do the work, you won't be. It's that simple. I'm getting tired of all of these complaints. I'm getting tired of all this BS. Look, if you American, if you if you American, if if you American and you're on welfare, you're richer than most of the world. Oh, you understand? Absolutely. You're taken absolutely. care of from cradle to grave almost with our with our system. We're the richest country in the world, and we take care of our people. And people still complain because you know why? They expect government. To take care of them forever, they want more. Absolutely. more. If we get a Joe Biden in there, guess what they're going to get? They're going to get exactly what they want, and, and and you know what else they're going to get? They're going to get the downfall of this country as well. Because absolutely, that's right. they've always wanted more. They've always wanted more, and it's because ultimately they're going to hold themselves accountable for their success or failure. They've been relying on the government for years, and I'm not talking about all black people, but a certain type, right? Who who, who almost leases on our government, right? Who, who sees on our economy because they don't want to do the work themselves. Right. And that's what pisses me off. You sit here and you complain about being oppressed. You complain about racism, bigotry, and all of these things. Yet you're sitting at home on your lazy ass doing that. <laughs> what do you expect? What, 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 what do you expect, huh? You expect for the government to just enable you? That's exactly what they the expect. We, we, we don't have contributors anymore to society. We have no. takers. That's what we have. Exactly. So, so, exactly so Corey, you, you write for Euroweb, and you had an article called Feeling Good is More Important to Black People Than Achieving Progress. Yeah. What, what were you trying to relate to the black community in that article? So here, here's, here's my thing, right? And I can talk about, even you know, when we go to church, right? we go to church and we often listen to these sermons, and often these preachers, they're not really saying nothing. They're just there to energize the crowd, take their offering, and walk off. So we hear these sermons, we energize, we get emotional, and we leave the church, and we add 
nothing actually to apply to our own lives. It's all smoke and mirrors. Uh, the uh, same thing goes uh, on with these protests. I'm the sorry, I have to disagree like, with you. The churches are political now. They, a lot of them are arms of the Democrat Party. And when I go to churches, even funerals, they make it about Donald Trump. No, I understand that. You know, they, yeah, they, that's very political. They have something to say, and it's all bad about Republicans right. and conservatives. And I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you at all, but what I'm saying to you is they do this, right, because they know that black people are often emotional. We react. Yeah, that's true. We don't think. That's true. You know what I'm saying? We don't yeah. use the logic. We use emotion. And they know that they can use that emotion as a weapon, ultimately, to further their own agenda. So that's true. Black people, even protest, for example. I agree with you 100%. We're marching. Right. Um, we're using all of these catchphrases and yep. all of these chants. Yep. What did we actually accomplish since Black Lives Matter started in 2013? Well, they've Absolutely gotten hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, yes. They got grants. That's they've what they got. Money, but I'm talking right. as a community. What have we accomplished? Nothing. Black people, absolutely nothing. In fact, I could say that we've regressed since Black Lives Matter started. We've gotten worse. Yeah. Okay. And as this organization continues to get donations by the millions, and none of it's going to our communities, our neighborhoods are still plagued by violence, poor education. Yep. Poverty, you name it, right? We're suffering from it. So Black Lives Matter to me is a joke. Yep. It's an absolute joke, and it's gotten even yep. more comical as time. No, it, it's more than a joke. It's all. the head of a terrorist organization, and Tifa is the muscle of Black Lives Matter. They got, uh, they got, they got grants from the government, and you know what they did? They dusted themselves off, and now they're supposed to be virtuous in some kind of uh, crazy way. But you know what? I'll never forget the first chant that came out of their mouth: "Pigs in a blanket." blanket. Fry them like bacon. See a cop, shoot a cop. See a cop, kill a cop. I will never be on board with that. Me neither. Never be on board. Never be on board. And just to piggyback on that, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> Good one. <laughs> the thing is, okay, well, you, you, you say Don Lemon on CNN. I watched him. He said, well, uh, he was talking to Ted Cruz, I believe. Uh, and he said, well, Black Lives Matter only applies to people who are harassed or victimized yes. by police. It doesn't apply to all black people. Well, how, what, what kind of fit does yes. that take? The 56 kids that have, that have been shot since 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 uh, Monday or Sunday night here in Chicago already. It doesn't apply to them. It only applies it to that. Apply to them. So, 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 Corey. You know why? Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm real quick, I'm tell you why. It's because black people, we don't really care about black lives. We care about the sympathy coming from white people. Yes. That's really what we care most about. We want their approval. We want their validation. We want their sympathy. Because when black lives are taken by black people, no one cares. Yeah. It's only when they're taken by white people that we actually care. And that's what pisses me off. If yeah. Black Lives Matter, it's a matter all the time, period. Not just the white men or white men or white women do it. Period. That's what I'm saying. Yes. So, so Corey, did you, I, I'm sure you saw the Snoop Dogg's um, uh, Twitter post about the coon bunch. He showed all of these different, you know, black conservatives, and he called them the coon bunk, bunch. So mm-hmm. I'm curious. I'm curious. Did you send him your coon flakes, musings of an uppity Negro? <laughs> I, I should have. You never... The funny thing about Snoop Dogg is I do recall him taking pictures with Donald Trump not too long ago. Yeah. And most and of them did. that's the kind of foolishness that I'm talking about. All of these rappers, you go back and you listen to their lyrics back in the early 2000s and the 90s. They make references to Donald Trump all of the time. Yeah. It's yeah. only when the media portray Donald Trump as being a villain that black people all of a sudden have a problem with Donald Trump. It's all manipulation. And you're getting tired of black people falling for the same traps. The same traps. Yeah. It's, it's like, God, how is it possible that we're so easily manipulated? so easily deceived by the media. And they, they know that we're stupid. The Democratic Party also knows that we're easily led as well, which is why every election cycle, right, what they do is they throw us bones. That's what they do. They do things to placate us, right, to pander to us because they know that many black people, not all, but many, 
we fall for these traps all of the time. Again, it's because we're emotional. We don't use logic, and that's the issue. That needs to change. Otherwise, we'll continue falling for the same traps and deceptions every single time. And I want to go back to what you said about well, Black Lives Matter doesn't really mean Black Lives Matter when you say we kill each other in the street. I don't want mm-hmm. people to forget about the totally innocent in America. You know, uh, we don't forget that Planned Parenthood kills up to a million black babies a year. Okay, black women make up 34%, 34%, almost 40% of all abortions in America. So what about those black lives? Those black oh, innocent they don't care babies? About those black lives. Yeah. Here's the thing. Black babies are being shot and killed in the street. Yeah. Why would they care about abortion? Mm. They had children 8, 12, 14 years old being murdered in the streets in black communities all over the country. Why would they care about abortion? Man, Once again, God. it's not about black lives. Right. right. It's about portraying white people as the enemy. Because here's the thing. As long as black people are looked at as victims, we'll never have to step up and hold ourselves accountable for our own inadequacies. There you go. That's Uh-oh. the problem. So, Corey, what can people find you? You have a book on Amazon, Coon Flakes, Musings of, Musings of an Uppity Negro. Do you have a website? If, if, do you do speaking engagements? Where can people find you? Well, absolutely. Once again, on, on YouTube, you can find me, Corey Haywood, the Cranky Conservative. You can also find me on Facebook as well. Enter my name in the search engine on Facebook. You can find me there, too. And then I have a... Um, <laughs> it's... Um, an Instagram. Uh, it's the OG Nicolosopher. You can find me there on Instagram as well. Oh, Corey Hayward, the cranky conservative. Hey, I got to have you back again, man. Whenever you're in Chicago, you got to come sit in here in the studio with us. Corey Hayward, the cranky conservative. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. We'll be right back. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, joined by the troublemaker himself, the Twitter aficionado, right? Is that, what it, is that the word? Is that, that the correct word? It sounds word? good to me. Okay, okay. The Facebook chump, because <laughs> he doesn't like Facebook, Furlong Galloway. Thank you for having me. Uh, somebody says hello. Are you going to say hello back? Hey, Babette. <laughs> Love you. She's like, oh, my gosh, Furlong, no way. Can't wait to see you at Freedom Summit this year. Uh-oh. So, so Furlong, ha- have you paid attention to everything that you've seen? Where, where were you? Did you see the news last night in Chicago? No, not last night. About what happened at the Columbus statue? I heard something about it. Okay. Before, I bring, before we bring our next guest on, I just want to play. I want you to hear what they're chanting. From last night at the Columbus statue where police and protesters clashed. Who do you serve? 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 Who
Did you hear that loud banging sound? Yes. That was an, an M80 thrown at police officers throughout that entire aspect. They were throwing M80s. They were saying, who do you serve? Who do you protect? Joining us by phone is a former Chicago police officer, as well as the president of the FOP Lodge 7 of Chicago, Dean Angelo Sr. Dean, welcome to Black and Right. Thanks for having me. So, How Dean, you? You, you, you heard the chants. Who do you serve? Who do you protect? You heard the explosions. Dean, what, what is going on in Chicago? What is going on throughout our country when it comes to these protests and the men and women who serve as officers? What's going on, Dean, and, and, and how do we fix this? Well, um, I got a kick out of Corey's response uh, concerning uh, the re- you know what he's looking for the police to do. It was kind of uh, it was amusing, but it was actually uh, you know uh, probably a sediment that some police officers would like to involve themselves in, and I mean not breaking necks, right, but right. actually <laughs> enforce law um, right. the law around the book. You know, um, what what we just had in Cook County, we had almost uh, 2,700 arrests before last night um, and everyone was was released, you know, uh, from the previous protests. So even when the police officers do affect arrests at these uh, events, uh, these riots or protests, whatever people want to call them, uh, you know, the court system seems to not want to take them serious. Or, um, you know, just completely ignore them. And these officers are frustrated on more levels than than uh, than we're aware of because the department is having them stand down. Um, it's obvious. Hey, Dean, 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 let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. Because you and I have had the uh-huh. discussion. You did the policing in America on, on, on my um, Facebook, personal Facebook page. When did, when did we start the practice of police officers standing down? And why is that an acceptable form of policing today? You're seeing 18 of our officers, 18 of Chicago officers were hurt last night. Why is that acceptable? Well, it's it's not. It's become um, accepted by, you know, the mainstream, um, you know, media and and political, um, you know, uh, officials that that seem to think that police officers, by taking their oath, are voluntarily subjecting themselves to this type of treatment, which is completely ridiculous. Um, their oath is to enforce the law. When you tell them to not do it, it runs in the face of their oath. And then when they do take the initiative to effect an arrest, um, and then the court system kicks them, that flies in the face of what they're supposed to be doing and what they do every single day. The these When it happened, I'm not... A hundred percent sure, but allowing that they happen, we've seen it in different states um, where they've taken over neighborhoods. Uh, they've taken police over departments, police. right? And I think by allowing them to 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 have the street um, and to dictate to what the police response will be now in in two thousand and twenty, where we're at, um, we've kind of fed this beast. To, to you know, into the uh, situation that we're seeing uh, all over the country, it, so, it officers on the front line, um, more or less being told to not, um, you know, participate with uh, enforcement, um, and 
it, it's a shame. More police officers are getting hurt. More businesses are getting destroyed. Um, you know, I don't know how many times these places on Michigan Avenue can get hit. Oh. And and um, and then their insurance companies say, yeah, keep on opening up at the same location. Uh, you know, when yeah. you repeat that behavior, they talk about what insanity is. You know, you're looking for a different outcome, but is yeah. that different outcome happen? Now, if you just join us, we're talking with Dean Angelo, former president of FOP Lodge 7 in Chicago. Dean, when we come back from the break, we have more questions. Uh, and we and you also have family that were there at that event last night. We'll discuss more about that after the break. You're listening to Black and White with John Anthony and the troublemaker himself in the studio for Lion Galloway. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. Every time I hear this song, I just want that beat. I just want it to just drop, lose yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my buddy, Verlon, the troublemaker, Galloway. Hello, sir. Uh, Mr. Angelo. I just how are you? How you doing? I just want to say to you, uh, if it wasn't for people like you and uh, people people like you and yourself, uh, it would be chaos. And um, you can see that from the burning of our country. I believe it was civil unrest in all 50 states or just about all 50 states. Probably not Alaska. Probably not Alaska. <laughs> but um, I, I want to say, please don't give up the fight. I'm telling I'm, I'm saying this to you and the, the rest of the police around America, because if we do, we'll lose the country. And um, in New York alone, s- almost 700 police officers quit. So mm-hmm. I want to ask you a question. I, I don't know if, if you know other uh, unions and police officers from state to state, but where do you see this going from here? Do you see police ultimately upholding the rule of law or giving up to the angry mob? Well, it's a, first of all, on behalf of every every woman and, and, and man that's out there in uniform, I want to thank you for your support Amen. of them and what you do every day. Um, it, there was a recent survey done nationally of over 10,000 officers. Now, these are people that are in the field already and working as full-time police, and over 70% questioned their career choice and profession um, and were either admitting that they made a mistake, reconsidering their their choice, or actively pursuing um, either a lateral move to a different department or a different career entirely. So across the country... Um, you know, the police are questioning whether or not they want to risk themselves, you know, literally their lives on behalf of, uh, of a country that doesn't seem to have their back. Now, we know there's that huge silent majority we hear about all the time, but I don't think it's a, a good time to be silent anymore. I think at yeah. some point in time, that silence needs to be disturbed by some... Uh, I'm screaming and, and, and ding, ding, ding. And this is what I'm talking about. I, I'm, I'm looking at a post on Facebook right now from the mayor of Chicago. Mm-hmm. If you believe you have been mistreated by the police, then I urge you to file a complaint through Copa or by dialing 311. I have spoken to the director of the civilian uh, of police accountability in 
and and you know, listen, this is an upside down world we're living in, where the police are, are automatically they're the ones that are doing that are in the wrong. Listen, as long as I have breath in my body, I'm going to stand with the men and women in blue. And, and, and because they don't have a voice, they don't have anybody. They, I'm, I'm, I listen to them talk. I see them in the threads. I see them in these private cop Facebook pages. They don't have they don't they feel like they don't have anybody that's out there speaking and standing up for them. And, and that's why I appreciate people like you, Dean, and, and people like the new um, um, uh, president of the union. These are people that are fighting for the men and women that are out there every single day, still protecting and serving the people that they've swore to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you know it's it's a politician's quickest way to get um, to lose office is to come out in support of, of the of the police in um, in in many areas of our country, and you can see it where. Um, you know, ball players that have a uh, I support the or back the blue or yeah, I support the yeah, James line. Yeah, yeah. Wind up you wind up getting an avalanche of of disdain thrown your way. You know, yeah. it's 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 immediate if you put it on your race car. There's a NASCAR kid yep. out there that in a bunch of uh, a bunch of abuse because he put that blue um, the blue line flag on his car. Yeah, in it's. It's a shame to think that you have a new generation of kids now that are being taught to distrust and hate and be afraid of the police. Right. Uh, and in fact, the worst thing they can do, some of them, is walk outside their front door for fear of catching a bullet. Yeah, but that, that, that doesn't know? fit the agenda, though, Dean. You and I both know that. That doesn't fit that agenda that, you know, what we were just speaking about earlier with, with the, you know, the cranky conservative. That black life doesn't matter. And you know what? I'm, I'm sick and tired. I'm, I told you. I told you, Valon, I'm angry. I'm, I'm angry. I've had a lot of time, two weeks, to think about a lot of the stuff that's happening to our country. I have a lot of stuff to think about what's happening in the black community. And they're falling for the okey-doke. They're listening to this. this, this and all they want is, sub, is, 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 is symbolism. Take care of me. It Scratch my itch, and then I'll be fine. We got people dying. You had a five-year-old, five-month-old that was shot the other night. It was, come on. Wake up. Stand up. The men and women, the, the abuse that they suffered yesterday, and then you had these people coming on talking about, oh, guess what? They were out for a peaceful protest. You have a right to a peaceable protest. You do not have a right to go out and deface property. You do not have a right to go out and start trouble. You have a right to get out there and, and allow the government to, to do a redress against your government. You do not have a right to commit crime. That is not protesting. That's, that's thuggery. Sorry, Dean. I'm just I'm I'm so, I'm fit to be tired of what's happening to the men and women. You got two weeks of that pent up, so it's got to get out somehow. That's right. You know, Dean, Dean, and, and Dean, really quickly, you 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 have family members that are out there. You have 20 seconds. You have family members out there. What do you what do you say to them right now in 20 seconds? Well, you know, I I just try to get them, you know, to to know we're here for them, you know, and and to to back them, uh, realizing that. They're out there this time. I'm not. Uh, you know, it's different when it's you out there, but it's a lot. It takes on a whole new meaning when it's your children at the front line. Uh, it does. You know, Thank you, Dean. And back. We can. Thank you so much, Dean Angelo. You're the man, and I'm, I'm, I got to have you back in. You got to be in studio next time. You're listening to Black and White right on AM five sixty The Answer.
And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back. Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker who's got me all fired up. And I'm going to need some type of medication or something. Verlon, the troublemaker Galloway. All right. I'm not going yet. You're a troublemaker. That's right. You know, I, dude, listen, listen. I know. I know. I know it's tough. I know people are losing their lives at the hand of cops. I know that people are losing their ha- lives at the hands of bad cops. But for the most part, that's not true. That's simply not true. But the media, these politicians want to feed this into our black community. When, when, we need, when, when you look at what's happening, 56 people shot and shot since Sunday, since Monday. 56 people shot in the city of Chicago. 56. People don't like to do Who's the numbers. I? You know, when it comes to black lives that was lost by the police, it was 235 last year. And nine of them out of the 200. And 35, it was nine that was unarmed. Correct. The rest of them, that means they had a gun. And they probably oh, were shooting weapon. at the police. Or some weapon. Or some kind of weapon. It was 300 and 370 white guys that died by the hands of the police. And 19 was unarmed. That means it was like 350 armed. Right. The police are doing their jobs. There's going to be They're issues trying. that fall through the cracks. They're trying to do their job. They're being handicapped. They are but being handicapped. Be, now. You know, I'm going to try to calm down and take this 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 call because uh, this is from a, a young college student who's involved in campaigns. Um, Aisha, welcome to Black and Right. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. So, what's going on with the campaign? Whose campaign are you working on? Well, currently, I'm on the Genie Ives campaign. Oh She's my girl, for the Illinois Sixth District. Yeah, and. And it's been really fun and exciting to be a part of. Yeah. What, what's, what's been the most rewarding? I, I really appreciate this call because it's calming me down. <laughs> what, what's been the most rewarding? <laughs> I don't know if you've been listening to the show, but I've, 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 I've gotten a little heated. Um, because, I have been. Yeah. And, and yeah, I just heard, heard that little bit. <laughs> but to calm you and to show you that there is somewhat of a future, you know, I I because I b- truly believe that even though how terrible things have gotten, we still have a future to believe in. Amen. And I am that future along with a lot of the youth. And right now, I'm just with the Genie Ads campaign, but I've worked on so many campaigns along the board, and being an intern has taught me so much. We are constantly put in leadership positions, and that, as for the youth, is so beneficial. Yeah. But not only that, just the other day, I was being taught how to interview people, what kind of questions you should ask, wow. how you should read a person psychologically and pick up cue signals that tell you, yep. oh, this is a red flag or this is, an, this is a good person, you know? And that was just amazing wow. for me to just be experiencing as, you know, a young student. And, and you know what? And I know you're, you're working with Mateo as well. And, and, and you know, is, is he, is he st- sitting next to you? Uh, no, he, he wasn't able to make the call today. Tell him I called him a bum. He is here. <laughs> <laughs> He's here with us in spirit. Uh, tell him I said thank you. But you know what? I, I have to say this. I have 30 seconds, but I have to say this. You on this call gives me hope that this next generation is going to do things that will totally, totally tra- just transform America. 
And I'm, I'm glad that you're getting it from somebody who I know, Jeannie Ives, uh, former state representative mm-hmm. who I serve with, who's, who's, who's really, 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 really somebody who America needs and somebody that Illinois needs. So I really appreciate you calling. Uh, I got to have you guys in studio, though, because so, I know you wanted to come and come into the studio to see how all this operates and how it works. So we'll make that happen, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Aisha. Thanks so much for calling Black and Right. Okay. Sorry about that, Bala. Have a great day. All right, you too. Hey, you're listening to Black and Right on AM560. Hour one in the books. Let's keep it locked. We're going to be talking to Thomas DeFore and state superintendent, former state superintendent, superintendent DJ Scottsburg. We'll be right back. To have your mind opened, the lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker himself, Verlon Galloway. How's it going, everybody? You, um, you, um, you all right? I'm okay. <laughs> I'm glad they have this little barrier here because I'm sure you probably would have got rained on. I feel so good <laughs> hearing somebody else go to from zero to 100. You know, it's usually, yeah. it's usually me. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I've had two weeks off. Okay. <laughs> I've had two weeks off. Um, let me, let, before, we, before we get into, you know, talking to our next guest and all that, hey, guys, this is what I need you guys to do. I'm on Facebook and Twitter at J. Anthony Speaks. Go and like the page. Why don't you go right while you're watching the Facebook thread, share the like, share, like them, follow the black and right at black and right radio, share the feed. How about that? That'd be great. We need that. Um, so, you know, what can they follow you at? Verlon? At Twitter, Verlon Galloway on Twitter. Simple. Why, why not? Why not Facebook? Verlon? You know, I've spoken on air about it. I don't like Facebook live. It's too much. It, it brings too much trouble, especially in our community. Everybody wants to be a star. And in, and they end up doing stupid on something stupid on Facebook Live. I just I don't like it. And this and like me and my mother was talking about it maybe a month ago. She canceled her Facebook account because she says it's it's just it's like watching a porno. Oh, okay. She said it's, it, that's all she sees is big butts and all kind of stuff that she don't want to see that comes across her phone. That's more Instagram. I I, I don't know how to, she doesn't have Instagram. I don't even know how to navigate it. You know, um, I had Tennille Jackson on and she called me out uh, about that. And I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, no. I don't understand Instagram. Well, you? No, I don't have it. I'm simple. <laughs> what? I'm, a, I'm a simple man. <laughs> I love the song Simple Man, too. How does that go? I'm a simple <laughs> kind of man. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I, have you been paying attention to all of the what's happening with kids going back to school? Oh, um, A couple of weeks ago, I had... Jed Davis on. He's the president of Park um, Parkview Christian Academy out in Yorkville. Um, he basically said, you know, we're not going to tell people they, they, they don't have to wear masks. If you want to wear a mask, you can wear a mask. But, you know, if there are people that don't want to wear a mask, we're not going to force them to, you know, wear the mask. Because ISPE sent down some recommendations, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he... Um, filed a lawsuit with the uh, attorney Thomas DeVore. So what happened was now Pritzker filed a suit against the, um, against him, Jed Davis and Parkview Christian Academy. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, b- b- before we bring on Thomas DeVore and, and Dr. Skosberg, I, I, I want to play a clip of something that the governor said recently. And so when we talk about kids going back to school, which is a goal of all of ours, um, if we're going to do that, we need to, first of all, make sure that every single person that goes into that building wears a mask. It seems like a simple thing to ask. I realize there are people who have medical conditions that might uh, not allow them to wear a mask, then wear a face shield. Some other will make accommodations for those few individuals that are. Now that's new, because initially there was it, it was just it was just blanket. You had to wear a mask. That's new. Unable <laughs> to wear a mask, but folks, there is one thing that every epidemiologist, every uh, person who focuses on immunology, every doctor that I've talked to has said, and that is wear a mask. And I won't compromise the health and safety of our children or anybody that works in the schools or the teachers or the paraprofessionals or the parents who are dropping off and picking up and engaging themselves. I do not want any of those people put in danger because people are refusing to wear a mask. And so a local school district that decides to say to heck with. You know, every time he says local or that's just Clay County. It sounds like he's just—he's minimizing these people as oh, that they're nobodies. Right. You know, Clay County. It just—it's just Clay County. Oh, a local school district. We're not wearing masks. I'm telling you now, we've got to stop that. We've got to make sure that school districts follow the rules that we set out. That is a mandatory, mandatory thing. Wearing a mask. I put in that mandate for the state in May first. If you run into people who are not wearing a mask, you tell them that the law in the state of Illinois, the order in the state of Illinois is to wear a mask. That's the purpose of that legislation. Well, I, I, I believe that the Clay County decision usurped that law, that or that executive order. He had 30 days. He violated so many people's rights. I'm sorry. He violated their rights. And he keeps saying that, oh, we have other court cases that have been decided well, no, they, 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 were, they were deciding on specific things, not the overall use of your power. Right. Don't try to play the game. There's a whole game that's going on out there. So, you know, I, I was waiting on Attorney Thomas DeVore to join us. But we have the former superintendent, uh, DJ, Dr. DJ Skogsberg. DJ, what's going on, bud? How's it going? Yeah. I'm doing well. You know what, uh, John, I... I, I I just sent you a quick message. You got to take a deep breath, man. That blood pressure is going to make your head blow off. You need to chill. I'm calming now. I'm calm now. <laughs> I, I, I caught that. I caught that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, that that the, the the young lady that we had on right before the break really, uh, you know. I, listen, I've been sitting. This has been two weeks pent up. Come on, I've been thinking about I this. I had to let this out. <laughs> so, well, I'm glad. I'm glad Verlon's there to help you out with that. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 Dr. Scottsburg, you've 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 been a superintendent. You've been a principal. Um, how would you have handled this if if this had come if you were still in in, in the school system? Well, I, I think John, one of the biggest challenges is is for whether it's a building principal or a superintendent, um, there is a a flock mentality, and you know, no one superintendent wants to be. Um, that outlier. Um, there's a great deal of peer pressure. And I think there's also a great deal of pressure politically that comes in from the school boards. But, you know, you, you need to take a step back and, and any superintendent worth their salt should take a step back and, and, and take the time to effectively educate in partnering with the school board's attorney. 
um, effectively educate the school boards. Uh, you know, and you take a look at, at one of the cases that Tom DeVore cites in his suit, which is Potts v. Breen. I mean, that takes back to 1897 um, during the smallpox outbreak. And, and even then, the, the court said point blank that, you know, um, uh, the um, state board, a rule adopted by the State Board of Health compelling vaccination of children as a prerequisite to their attending schools is not reasonable where smallpox doesn't exist in the community. And so, you know, we now have have legislation that specifies what immunizations children need to receive, but there's nothing in the school code that says children have to wear masks. At this point, it really goes back to a, a in this, you just played the clip from, from Governor Pritzker, that it is a, a mandate, but the, the ruling downstate um, clearly said that his executive orders expired uh, April 8th. So I don't know how he can stand in, in, in that position and mandate it. Um, I also don't don't see anything in the school code or anything that's come up from the legislature that would require children to wear a mask. So, you know, you really you know put between a rock and a hard place. And so my question is, if I'm a building principal and I've got a, an edict coming down from the State Board of Education or the governor's office or the Illinois Department of Health, and I've got a kid that comes to school and says, I'm not going to wear a mask. Well, then am I going to purposely exclude that, that child from school? Wouldn't that be a violation of oh. Senate Bill 100, which, which specifically set out um, not, not excluding children for, for minor infractions? I mean, let's, I mean that's public act 990456 uh, for, for your listeners. But, you know, we, in, in, in education, we generally refer to it as just Senate Bill 100. But, I mean, you're basically saying to the, to the leadership, you have to enforce our mandates but at the same time, you have to comply with the law. Well, unless you take the time, Governor Pritzker and, and the General Assembly, to make changes to the legislation, you're putting the leadership of, of the, the education system in the state of Illinois in a very precarious position. And I'll, I'll bet dime to dollar, John and, and Verlon, that there is going to be a couple of major lawsuits. In, and I know that um, you know, Tom has, has put, some to, put some together just recently for uh, Parkview Christian and, and Hudsonville, et cetera. Um, but I think there's going to be more because the 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 governor's office is 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 putting the state board of education and the Department of Public Health in a position where they're use they're they're going beyond what what I would see as their authority because it's not legislated. But not not only that, the numbers don't bear out. We all know liberals don't know how to do math. Okay, <laughs> so when it, when it comes to kids, the numbers are zero point zero 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 point two that they will even catch it less likely die from COVID. So, I mean, you know, they're blowing it out of proportion. And when they knew they couldn't get it over, over through the media, when it came to adults, they try to put it on the kids. They try to say, well, yeah, the kids are in jeopardy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and when you take a look, Verlon, I'm so glad you, you raised the issue of numbers because I'm, I'm a former math teacher and I, and I love, you know, going with the, the, the numbers as facts. You know, why are we taking a look at the, the survival rate and, and the recovery rate? Yeah. Which is what, 98 percent? Yeah. DJ, you why hear that music? Taking... Oh, oh, you're going to a yeah. break. Aren't you? Hold over on the break. Hold over to the break. We'll come back. We'll, we'll dis- finish this discussion uh, about IH, the ISP rule or, or the governor's mandate, he's calling it about children wearing masks in school. You're listening to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. I'm John Anthony. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Get up, get on up. Get up, get on up. 
George doesn't let me sing, so we're going to sing here. <laughs> Welcome back to Black and Riding on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker himself, the doctor of trouble, Verlon Galloway. Thank you for having me. You're such a troublemaker. I'm about to start something. Uh, well, you were you were trying to get into some trouble right before the break with Dr. Skysberg about these numbers. About these numbers. Dr. Skysberg, welcome back to Black and Right. Thanks, guys. It's glad to be back. Now, you before the break, you were going into some numbers. Why don't you continue? Because I know how, you know, nerdy you are when it comes to numbers, you know. I'm just saying, brother. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, you know, Verlan and I were echoing off of one another and, and really talking about, you know, why are we not reporting the survival rate um, and, and the rate of recovery? But, you know, it's hard to, to be able to even talk numbers when you have, you know, um, leaders in, in the state and, and by our own admission, Dr. Idzike, um during multiple press conferences with Governor Pritzker said that, you know what, oh, if you get get hit by a Mack truck, and this isn't a direct quote, but as an example, if you get hit by a Mack truck and you have COVID, even if you, you die as a result of that accident, you're being counted as a COVID death. Well, you know, that's that's an artificial inflation of the numbers. And, and I, I think, you know, this ties in with with a lot of the, the action and even Governor Pritzker's own lawsuit um, filing in conjunction with Dr. ZK and then Dr. Ayala, who is who is a great and dear friend and colleague of mine um, from the education world. But you know, Governor Pritzker is looking for a declaratory judgment and injunctive relief. And you know, if he wouldn't need to to be seeking that if he actually thought that his his authority was was legal. And so at this point, you know, he's act, actually asking the court to confirm the legality of his executive orders even though it's previously been ruled on it. I mean, and that was in an, in an article from yesterday uh, from Kirk Allen and John Kraft from um, um, Edgar County Watchdogs. I mean, it's like, come on, you know, it's, if the governor had done his job and called the, the general oh, assembly into session, come on. he could, he could, he could have taken the necessary action to have the authority or to grant, for example, to Dr. Ayala or Dr. Zike the authority to make specific requirements for students in schools. Hey, Dr. Scott, but why do you think that didn't happen, though? Why, why do you think the legislative body abdicated its responsibility in actually uh, giving the powers? Because once they give the powers... Well, I don't know. It might be because Mike Madigan's more worried about the FBI coming after him right now. Uh, well, we, we, that's we a whole another yeah, show. That's a whole another show. <laughs> I, and, know, you know, and you know I know. And, and here's the reason why I, 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 I said to myself right before the end I would, I would talk about it, but... It means nothing until that indictments roll. I mean, we've been down this right. road before with, with, right. with, with the Speaker right. of the House. He's been he's been investigated many times. The problem yeah. becomes there are no indictments, right? Yeah, there's no indictments. But I don't want to digress from from the education piece, John. And I know you're going to come back to to the issue with Madigan. But honestly, I almost wonder if if they're purposely abdicating their responsibility and and their authority to the governor because they're you know hey he's how, how many of the campaigns is he funding in order to help maintain the I democratic mean, uh, chokehold on the general assembly he did but, spend one hundred seventy seven million dollars last election I'm just saying but do you know what else plays well, into but, do you know what else plays into this the dummy down of our society kids are only doing virtual learning two to maybe three days a week. Okay, and then teachers are getting paid for nothing. The parents are the teachers now. All they do is upload assignments into the into the computer. So what are they getting right. paid for? I say I say take back their salaries. Oh, yeah, that's what I say. Oh, yeah. 
Well, you know, and, and you know, Verlon, it's funny that you mentioned that because John and I were, were talking about a week or so ago with with going into um, the fall semester. You know, as a super, former superintendent and even as a as a building administrator, I had to comply with the bargained language of the collective bargaining agreements, or what we generally refer to as the union contracts with the teachers and teachers union and, and non certified staff unions, and and I'm all for that. But let's say, for example, a collective bargaining agreement um, issues 15 sick days per year to a staff member, and they are in a situation where they have to self-quarantine for 14 days because they were exposed for an extended period of time to wow. someone who had who had had uh, COVID. Now, my question is, you've already burned up 14 days. What happens if you have to do it a second time? Does that mean that legally, because I have to comply with the contract, and if I don't, then I'm in violation of fair labor practices? Does that then mean that I ha- actually have to deduct um, 13 days on a per diem from your annual salary and recalculate your take-home pay? Mm, that's and good. what happens if it, ha- if it happens a third time? You're right. Wow. Because like you said, like you said, Verlon, you know, are, should you be getting paid for nothing? Well, no. And I understand that, you know, you, your union may have, have negotiated paid time off, but you're only allowed a certain number of days. Or what if you're in your 34th a year of teaching and you're getting ready to retire and you're the retirement pipeline. But because you're exposed to COVID, you burn so many sick days, you can't use the balance of your sick days to qualify for one year's worth of service. And so now your retirement is actually reduced that much. You know what? I'm done calling this a pandemic. <laughs> it's hysteria. Uh-oh. They're paying people. It is. They're yeah, paying is. people to be unemployed $600 a week plus their full salary. That's almost, almost $5,000 a month just to sit on your butt. And now you're going to pay teachers. So they're not going to not pay teachers for doing nothing. You know, so it's, it's a crazy time that we're living in. And I'm telling you, it, this country is at stake. This country's at stake. Hey, Dr. Scottsbury. Well, hey, I, I, before you answer go that, ahead. before you answer that, I, I, because go ahead, go ahead, go ahead and answer that. We, I was going to take a call because it, 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 it lined in with that question. But go ahead. I, I'll let you finish that comment. Go ahead. No, I, I think I think Verlon's absolutely right. You know, it, 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 it is a, a really hysteria. And, and I think, you know, it, it goes back to even even spinning the numbers, you know, going back to April 15th. Um, you know, there was a, 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 a news press conference with Governor Pritzker where, you know, he was saying that that there was forecast for multi-billion dollar budget hole. Well, gee, I wonder if that's his way of, of going ahead and pushing forth a, a, um, a, a tiered tax uh, process that, that he's calling a fair tax um, in the state of Illinois. You know, it, why is it the case that, that I'm hearing from colleagues throughout the state that they're purposely putting on hold any kind of hiring wow. of staff members because they're, they're being told that, that um, state funds may be withheld if, if this new tax isn't passed? Now, that to me is, is just political blackmail. And, and, it, and it's using the students of the state of Illinois as pawns. Hey, hey, hey Dr. Scottsburg, let, let's go back because I, I know there are a lot of parents out there that are concerned, you know, because, you know, schools, sure. school, schools getting ready to start back. They don't know because they're hearing all these different things. So is, is there a mechanism at, when you were a school superintendent? Was there a mechanism in place to enforce something like the mandate that the governor sent out as far as force masks? Is, who's who's going to enforce that? Well, but John, and I think that that goes back to my previous point. You know, even with with um, detailing Potts v. Breen um, as as a case that uh, Tom DeVore uses in in one of his his motions. You know, we can enforce only that which is legislated. So, vaccines are required for students to enroll in public school unless a family 
has identified a religious exemption and they, they write a formal letter and there are many religious organizations that don't believe in vaccination. And so they will help families um, with writing those letters and the superintendent or their designee is the person that reviews those letters and then approves or disapproves um, the religious exemption. But, you know, here again, if it's the case that a, a child is approved for a religious exemption for not having vaccines, if there is an outbreak, for example, of, you know, chicken pox or measles or whatever the case may be, then that child who doesn't have the vaccination would then be excluded from school for a period of time to right. ensure that they they were no longer hadn't caught it and were not contagious. So, 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 that, so, so John, Superintendent, um, what happened in 2009? You were a school superintendent back in that day. What, what, what happened in a, 2009? I was a building principal. Okay. Yeah, I was a building principal. And you know what? We went through the process of, of um, doing more intensive um, sterilization. Um, we, we were targeting hotspots, and I was actually reviewing data on a classroom-by-classroom basis. I had a, a, a junior high preschool combined, so I had, you know, three- and four-year-olds and, and 13-, 14-, and 15-year-olds in one building. Wow. And uh, you can imagine with the little ones touching the walls and everything <laughs> else, there was, a, there was a lot of sanitation that went on. But, you know, John, it, it, for me as a building leader, it, it felt to me to take a look at the attendance on a, on a daily basis and see, are there hot spots in any of these particular classrooms? And if so, we're really going to hit it hard and heavy. We were communicating with the parents on a regular basis. And, and we would say to them, if, if there's a spike, we'll let you know. If there isn't one, we won't, we're not going to say anything to you. Don't worry about it. But it's just like any other flu. Just be prepared. If right. your kid gets sick, you, don't send them to school within 48 hours of having had any kind of vomiting or fever. Right. So that's it. Wow. Dr. DJ Scottsburg, thank you so much for joining black and right. I, I think it was eye opening from somebody who's been there and had, and, and have had to make those decisions. Um, I think, uh, I think the listen, those who are listening learned a lot today. So I really appreciate Thanks, you uh, for coming on the show. I really appreciate the invite, and uh, Verlon, it's great to see you back on the show. Hey, thanks a lot. <laughs> it was nice talking to you. All right, Dr. Scottsberg. Hey, hey, Lucas, care, and, Lucas and Candace, hold the line. I'll, I'll take your calls when we come back from break. Hey, there are there any Chicago police officers that are listening to the show? I want you to call in. Well, we want to hear from you. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with... I'm, now you're the doctor of trouble. The doctor troublemaker. The doctor of troublemaking, Verlon Galloway. All right. Um, Raquel says, hey, Verlon. Hey, Raquel. <laughs> uh, so, dude, I mean, we covered a lot of different thing, topics today, I think. You know, I think we, we, we hit the policing aspect of what happened last night. We, we talked about education, the kids what they're dealing with as far as parents being, you know, confused about what they can and can't do, not allowing their kids. I mean, because my daughter has asthma. One of my daughters has asthma. She can't put a mask on her face. She simply cannot. Do I send her to school, you know, with a, with a mask? Anything. I mean, some people have phobias of putting anything over yes. their mouth. Yes. What happens to those? Huh? So, I mean, I, I get it. Look, don't get me wrong. I get it. You want to make sure you're protecting the people of this state. You want to sh- make sure you're protecting teachers. You want to make sure you're protecting custodians, custodial people, and the custodians that, that work there, the kids, you know, the, 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 the helpers and all that. I get that. But at what cost? Right? 
Mm-hmm. Am I right? Or yeah, wrong? Right. Wait, no. wait, am I missing it somewhere? Right. Listen, liberals have a one size fit all mentality, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't work for everyone. If this was a, if we had a a, a five to ten percent kill rate on this virus, I'd say okay. We're at ninety nine point eight, ninety nine point nine percent survival rate. Right. One life is too many. Right. Right. But we know who it, who this affects the most. If you have a teacher who have any comorbidities, who have any underlying conditions, let's keep let's keep them at home. Right. If you have any of these students who have these things, let's keep them at home. Right. But let the healthy go and do what they have. And 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 if the mask work, why can't we open up? Right. Because it's about control. It's about control and manipulation, right? That's right. So Lucas from Joliet, he says Controlled data should be validated. Numbers are not believable because they are not controlled. Lucas, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, everyone. It's nice to hear your show on a Saturday. Thank you. How Thanks you for doing? listening. How you doing, Luke? Yeah, so, so the biggest issue the biggest issue I want to start out is the biggest issue I have with this COVID, this pandemic that we're talking about is the, the data, the numbers. Uh, every every week, uh, new, da- new data comes out, but then... Periodically, you'll see articles or headlines of how there was a mix-up. Last week in Orlando, they said that there was 98% uh, cases uh, in the data, when when in reality it was found that the decimal place was placed too far to the right. Yep. And so when when you have data that's not collected in a controllable fashion, you start to wonder, somebody like myself who works not in science or engineering, I'm not an engineer or I'm not a scientist, but... I work very closely in that industry within uh, filtration and oil and gas, and yeah. all that data is collected, and, and it's empirical data. It's data that's been proven. It's, been, it's collected data. So you, I take that mindset when I listen to these stories and I read, I read the headlines of, like you said, manipulation. This data has to be collected in an uncontrolled manner, so that way there is a validity of a validity, uh, a validity to the data. Wow, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. So I, do. I don't want to take up more of your time, but I wanted to at least point out, like you said, 99% uh, survivability rate. Correct. But then we have 348 million yes. people in the United States yeah. in, a, in approximately 136,000 cases. That leaves, if you were to do the math. And this is the other thing about data. It's how you want to interpret the data to fit your narrative, right? The way I see it is 348 million people in the United States, 136,000 is what I just read at CDC. Yeah. That math comes down to point zero 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 zero. Hey, hey, Lucas, one. Lucas, and, and, and to think, think about this. In 2009, the Obama administration abruptly cut the testing. Imagine if President Trump had just abruptly said, no more testing. Because the testing reveals what? More cases. Right. More cases reveal what? Maybe more deaths. They were not controlling the testing aspect in 2009 as they had done today. It's more organized. Right. There's, we have more testing than they did in 2009, but nobody wants to talk about it. But, Lucas, thanks so much. And, hey, I, I reside in Joliet. Go Joliet. I'll see you soon, John. Yes, thanks so much for calling. Yeah. Wow. All right, Candace, we're going to take Candace from Wisconsin. Candace is like you when she calls in. I know. She's long with it. Candace, you know you're long with it. Welcome to Black and Right. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hey, hey what's Candace. going on? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, okay, what I wanted to say is Corey DeAngelis is one of my favorite tweeters um, who talks a lot about education. And, you know, I talked to you two weeks ago um, 
John Anthony yeah. about micro-schooling, how it's becoming yes. a huge thing. And yeah. I don't understand you got why 30 people seconds. on the South Side get together. Get together, organize in your block. There's plenty of online programs, and you just micro-school. You all hang oh. out at the house, and you take turns teaching. It's not that hard, and you just make sure that you know, you're watching your kids and they pay attention and start doing it that way. And eventually, I think what the GOP should do is give the money to the parents to educate and put wow. the money where they want it. Hey, Candace, so Candace, Candace, put that on my put it, put that on Black and Right Facebook page because I that what, what the term you use. Okay, I want to I want to look more into that. Thanks so much for calling, Candace. Micro schooling. Okay, thank you so okay, much. Bye. Appreciate it. That's cool. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, community that's teaching. Yeah, community my, I mean, teaching. my my sister um, has something similar to that. She lives out in uh, Chicago Heights. Teaches a lot of kids, so oh, that's cool. it's pretty good. Hey, you listening to Black and Right on AM five six? The answer. Verlon takes over the show. Uh oh. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM five sixty. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM five sixty. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker himself. The doctor of troublemaking, Verlon Galloway. <laughs> That's all I can do is laugh. You got a moniker that says the doctor of troublemaking. I'm going to coin it. You <laughs> gave it to me, but I'm going to coin it. I give nicknames. All right. That's what I do, baby. Can I take it from you? You can have it. All right. If you, if you make any money. Mon- hey, listen. This is our contract over the air. Okay. <laughs> you make any money off of it, I get half off. I'm just kidding. 50%? <laughs> I can part with 50%. I'm, I'm just kidding with you. I started with nothing. Uh, so, Verlon, uh, we have a, a caller. I, he wants to report. Eduardo from Midway. Wants I to love comment. Eduardo. You know Eduardo. Yeah, he he's one of the first progressive call. Well, I'm not going to call him progressive. He's independent, conservative, leaning. Uh-oh. But he's used to call progressive radio for years. Really? He's the first one to take my challenge to call conservative radio. Whoa. Yes. Eduardo, welcome to Black and Right. Eduardo? Don't forget to call into uh, that show at uh, 9 o'clock tomorrow, the CPS Apologist. Don't I won't try. say their name. <laughs> you, know, you know which one I'm talking about. You know I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The commissioner, the Cook County commissioner. <laughs> so, Eduardo, right. what's going on with Midway, at Midway? Yeah, well, they made a report saying that uh, there was a city official not really reporting uh, the condi- the runway conditions at Midway. And I'm wondering, like, I fly at Midway uh, a lot, and uh, I'm I'm shocked to hear that. I, I, this is my first I've heard. Have you heard of that? No. Yeah. No. This is the first I, I've heard of it. So I, I had no idea that anything was going on at Midway. They were fired, and uh, obviously the media picked up on it, but... Uh, I'm surprised they didn't pick up on it sooner. Oh wow! So, what, what did you did you see what happened last night in Chicago at the uh, Columbus statue? What What are your thoughts about that? Oh yeah. What are your thoughts yeah, about tearing it, down statues? It's disgraceful. I mean, if you don't agree with something, uh, you need to petition. You know, go through normal channels. You know, John Lewis just passed away. They're going to put a statue of him. I go over there and try and tear it down with some friends. There's good, the heavens are going to oh, open yeah. up. Yeah. That's true. I'm and, glad you brought that up, Eduardo, because John has something yeah. to say about it. Because I, because I, I literally said that I, I, we want, well, you know, we, the show just got away from us. But, I, but I did want to recognize that John Lewis, he, he's a civil rights icon. You know, he passed away today, yesterday. Was it today or yesterday? At 80 years old, and um, no matter how you felt about him, no matter how much you disagree, dis, dis, disagree with his politics, he still um, did a yeoman's job when it came to civil rights. So, to his family, we salute you. Yes. Condolences. 
So, Eduardo, you still there? You guys have a good week. Right, Take, care. Care. Take care. Thanks a lot, brother. Well, it's on you, bud. Well, everybody, I want to bring this back, this conversation back around to Black Lives Matter. Oh, you, you, I have to. I can't let it go. You're gonna get I'm me, sorry. man. You, I'm sorry. Oh God, here we go. And I want to talk about their ideology because I I read two articles. One article was by the Federalists about um, black values, African-American values. Um, And the other was by Teen Vogue, by two, I guess you can call them columnists. One is named Sosa and one is named Acosta. But first, um, what are black values if not American values? Um, I saw this article and it's in the Museum of African History. Our values aren't American values. uh, As far as American values are hard work, um, we judge ourselves by our wealth, you know, property, space. And uh, Black Lives Matter don't think that we should uh, judge ourselves by that standard because they're a Marxist organization. They believe in communism and socialism. I guess everyone should share in the profit of everyone else. So um, that's their ideology. But I believe that hard work and contribution to America makes a better America. So what, what do you say? I, I got a friend I've known for over 20-some years. Uh, Dave, he's, he's just put it on my Facebook page on Black and Right. Guys, we have to be clear. The organization Black Lives Matter is just that, a separate organization that many don't agree with their methods. But the slogan and term and ideology of Black Lives Matter is what all should be concerned with and fighting for. Now, here, here, here's, listen to what he says. To me, it seems that a lot of people on the right want to lump it all lump it together to negate the effect this conversation is having. The majority of people of color don't hate white people or any people at all. We just want equality for all, not on a piece of paper, but in and through the very foundation of this nation. What do you say to that? It's a lie. What he's saying is surface deep. See, it's easy for black people to hear a slogan, Black Lives Matter. Oh, that includes me. Right. No, you have to look at the founding. And what principles it's founded under. That means you got to look at the fine print. And the fine print is it hates the nuclear family. It doesn't believe in the mother and the father raising kids. And that's on their website, right? And it's on their website. Okay. Okay, A second principle is LGBTQ. Now, I was raised in a traditional black family. Now, I don't have anything to say about LGBTQ, gay or whatever. But if you ask my uncle, ask my father, my grandfather, and most Older people, they're not for that. So it's a contradiction that's in the black community, but a lot of people need to read to see if that's what you're for or not. And uh, that's all I got to tell people is read because Black Lives Matter is a lie. It's a lie on its face. So, you know, it's up to every individual, not for me to teach you, but for me to let you know where the information is and for you to read on your own and learn. And and we got 15 seconds. But what's so amazing for me is that so many people didn't know this. So many people, all they, I mean, you know, the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, you see signs in people's yards, you see the flags. They had all this stuff ready too quickly for me. This is why I know, I believe, it's an arm of the Democratic Party. And because all all that messaging they had right now was ready to go. (laughs) Villain, something ain't right about it. And I do not agree with the movement. I agree with the, the the term. I do believe Black Lives Matter. Right. I don't agree with the organization. Right. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer with the doctor. We'll be right back.
We now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back. Black and Right. <laughs> AM560, The Answer. Johnny, what's going on in the boys, brother? You... <laughs> You're listening to Black and Right on AM560 Ask. I'm your host, John Anthony, along with the doctor of troublemaking, Verlon Galloway. Yeah, real quick. Man, I I, I gotta really tie myself when I when I when I gotta use a facility. <laughs> I walk in, I hear bump music, I'm like, oh no. You you, you move pretty quick though. Oh, you, what, 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 when I'm you know, when it's timely, this is a timely business. <laughs> Down to the second. Goodness. Dude, I miss having you in here, man. I appreciate it. I miss having it's, you been, it's been a minute. Yeah, you don't like me. I get it. I get it. I get it. Well, I think COVID doesn't like any of us. Well, that's true. That's true. Well, because, I mean, I was still here, though. You weren't. Oh! Oh, shoot. Oh, ah. Low blow. Did man. that hurt? Low blow. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm out. <laughs> you can finish the show yourself. <laughs> please, dog. I need you, please. Verlon? Okay. Well, I want to finish my thought about this article that I read as far as what defines blackness and what defines whiteness. Now, in the Museum of African Studies, they said whiteness is raising a family, a nuclear family, a, a traditional family of, of a mother, a father, 2.3 kids. That defines whiteness. That's not blackness. Blackness is a, it could be a single mother, single father, man and a man raising a kid, woman and a woman raising a kid. They want to destroy the foundation of what the nuclear family means. So I'm pretty sure 80% of black people don't agree with that. And, um, you know, I, I just don't want this country to get turned upside down, you know, turned inside out. And I don't want us to lose our nation because I love this nation, how it's founded Christian Judeo principles. And that's another issue. They don't, they don't believe in the Judeo Christian Christian values. They, they believe in the secular values. They just believe in government, like China. China doesn't have a God. They believe in government, communism. And um, we have a choice. We have a choice coming up in November 3rd. Either we want a crazy, out-of-control nation, or we want what this country was founded upon. Hard work, principles, values, and, and, and a God. It's either that or nothing. Now, I got one more subject I want to touch on real quick. The other article was black power napping. They, uh, Sosa, this common, uh, common columnist named Sosa and uh, 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 Acosta. That was Teen Vogue, right? Teen Vogue from Teen Vogue. They said black people have been power napping for the last past 200 years. It was a method used by slave masters to keep us under control. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's what they wrote. And um, to this day, we're still suffering from it. That's where the woke society comes from. That's where the woke society comes from. And that's why Black Lives Matter fights so hard to break us of this sleep that we've been walking around in for 200 years. I ain't been asleep, you? I haven't been asleep. I, believe, I thought I was woke, but I guess I wasn't. I guess I'm just awake. But, you big dummy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we have a choice. Long story short, we have a choice. We have this insane, progressive, leftist, liberal ideology, or we have conservatism. 
And from where I sit, conservatism works. It's been working for, for this country for 200 and what, about 46 mm-hmm. years? Give or take. Give or take. So, there you have it. There the have doctor it. of troublemaking, Valon. Thanks so much for joining me this week. Thank you for having me. I think we, we discussed a lot of different topics. Uh, I want to thank um, Dr. Skarsberg. I want to thank Corey Haywood, the cranky conservative. Dean Angelo, thanks so much for calling in. Uh, I just want to quickly say to those men and women that are out there on the stand, standing on the blue line, hold the line. We got your back. You have a voice here in the Black and White Radio Show. It's okay. I'm listening. We're listening. America is listening. We will be your voice. We'll be back next week.